Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 98 Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. First Samuel chapter 28, verses 3 through 19. Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in his own town of Ramah. Saul had expelled the mediums and spiritists from the land. The Philistines assembled and came and set up camp at Shanum, while Saul gathered all Israel and set up camp at Gilboa. When Saul saw the Philistine army, he was afraid. Terror filled his heart. He inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him by dreams or Urim or prophets. Saul then said to his attendants, Find me a woman who is a medium, so I may go and inquire of her. There's one in Endor, they said. So Saul disguised himself, putting on other clothes, and at night he and two men went to the woman. Consult a spirit for me, he said, and bring up for me the one I name. But the woman said to him, Surely you know what Saul has done. He has cut off the mediums and spiritists from the land. Why have you set a trap for my life to bring about my death? Saul swore to her by the Lord, As surely as the Lord lives, you will not be punished for this. Then the woman asked, Whom shall I bring up for you? Bring up Samuel, he said. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out at the top of her voice and said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, Don't be afraid. What do you see? The woman said, I see a ghostly figure coming up out of the earth. What does he look like? he asked. An old man wearing a robe is coming up, she said. Then Saul knew it was Samuel, and he bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? I'm in great distress, Saul said. The Philistines are fighting against me, and God has departed from me. He no longer answers me, either by prophets or by dreams. So I have called on you to tell me what to do. Samuel said, Why do you consult me now that the Lord has departed from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done what he predicted through me. The Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hands and given it to one of your neighbors, to David. Because you did not obey the Lord or carry out his fierce wrath against the Amalekites, the Lord has done this to you today. 
The Lord will deliver both Israel and you into the hands of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also give the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistines. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and the wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore God made them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Good morning and welcome to Martin Tide, the third day of Martin Tide. This is Brother Logan Isaac, broadcasting from the National Mall in Washington, D.C., uh, sorry about the harsh transition into the reading. It was a garbage truck driving by me. Um, this morning's um, uh, reading uh, from Psalm 98, 1 Samuel and Romans 1. Um, Samuel is a fascinating story and talks about his death. Um, it's kind of Saul's downfall is going to um, to fortune tellers and seems he can't resist. After Samuel dies, he has a crisis of leadership and he basically sucks as a leader and so he tries to raise the dead after he's publicly condemned all these um, uh, spiritists that can speak to the dead so he, he goes out and finds one he's, and she's like wait you just said publicly we're all cast out you're trying to you're, you, you're trying to trick me um, and she brings up Samuel for him after Saul promises that nobody will find out and he won't get in trouble she won't get in trouble Samuel says from the grave, you're going to join me tomorrow, Um, which is kind of ominous, um, but also, I mean, what can you expect when when you're Saul? Um, But more importantly, this morning, um, for uh, the third day of Martintide, um, the the reading um, that uh, aroundtheyear.org, where I'm borrowing, certainly my inspiration and some of my materials from. Um, the reading is from uh, Lawrence Nee's Early Medieval Art, um, published by Oxford University Press in 2002, so very very recently. On page 117, Nee's um, describes uh, the tomb of St. Martin, which is in Cond. Well, that's not exactly true. There's the final resting place of Martin is in his basilica, but he died in this small fishing village uh, by the name of Khan, which is now known as Khan Saint Martin, um, and it's still a very small village, uh, maybe like one traffic light. I mean, you could, you know, a pro football player could probably throw a football from one end to the other. Maybe not, but it's it feels very close. And it's cute and quaint. And this big collegial church um, 
on the side of the hill on one end of town is where Martin died in uh, 397 on November 8th. And there they have uh, uh, a marble tablet. Uh, there's a small chapel within the church that marks the place where Martin died. And beside it, there's this white marble um, effigy, I suppose, of Martin. Um, and it's, uh, he isn't resting there, but it, it signifies that that's where he died. There's also this um, stone marker on the floor. And the, the stained glass windows uh, depict his death and being transported off the tour. But the reading from these this morning, uh, quote, Over the tomb of St. Martin of Tours, the visitor could have read, Here lies Martin the bishop of holy memory, whose soul is in the hand of God. But he is fully here, present and made plain in miracles of every kind. The inscription encapsulates many of the fundamental themes of the cult of the saints. The physical body, remembrance, intimate connection to God, miracles, and living presence among the faithful who come to his tomb. So, Nies is describing uh, an old uh, 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 inscription. It no longer says that in Khan, at least not when I visited in 2016. And there's this sharp distinction between Saul's, Saul's death, which is ominous, and the death of the saints, which is for lack of a better word, um, glorifying and um, holy. And so to visit the, the death site of one of the saints um, is something that pilgrims like myself look forward to. Um, but that is um, the, the proper end to a holy life. Saul, whose uh, story we heard from this morning is contrasted with that. Um, his, his death um, on the field of battle was... Um, dishonorable. He he was killed or he was injured. He asks for someone to help him, and um, they do. But he essentially commits uh, assisted suicide. Uh, nobody knows uh, where Saul is buried, or I don't I don't think they do, and nobody will visit his grave um, because he failed to live a holy life. Um, Martin, on the other hand, um, strove his entire life to live a life worthy of the memory of the saints and um, reflective of God's power and presence in the world. And, it, and his death is a marker of transition from this life into um, closer union with God. Uh, and I think that's what um, the lives of the saints in our scripture and our tradition call us to, is to live holy lives um, uh, that, that glorify God and glorify the goodness of uh, creation and as I stand here in uh, Washington, D.C. on the National Mall, I'm going to an event with, uh, being put on by a, a news organization. Um, and yesterday I had a call with the United States Commission on Civil Rights. And uh, it was about uh, hate crimes protections in United States law and how it's enforced by federal agencies. And I listened on this call as they were describing this report that was re released yesterday. And I had heard of the report a uh, week, two weeks ago maybe. I've been trying to get in touch with uh, anybody at the Commission on Civil Rights that could tell me um, whether or not veteran civil rights were being explored. Um, since 2009, under the Matthew Shepard Hate Crimes Prevention Act, um, service members and their families have received the same protections um, that were uh, uh, extended to um, 
characteristics like gender identity, sexual orientation, and disability. But we don't talk about the need of civil rights for veterans, whether their lives have the dignity that, that call forth and deserve um, formal political action like civil rights. And it turns out uh, they, they spoke openly about the Matthew Shepard bill um, and they invited public questions and I queued up on the, on the phone for questions. Um, but before they got to me, they said, there's no more questions. And I ended the call abruptly um, a little after four o'clock um, and we were told the social, social media um, event said it was going through 4.15, so it seemed like they had time. So I called up the USCCR and I tried to figure out if there was a glitch or you know, how do I ask these questions and to let them know that right now David Trone, my representative, has a, uh, an open letter that he's passing around the halls of Congress to the Department of Justice asking why, um, you know, what the DOJ is doing for um, hate crimes prevention in service members and military families. And I want to bring it to their attention because clearly they've, they've not uh, looked at some veterans in their report in this Commission on Civil Rights. Um, and uh, the assistant refused to take a message for her, her supervisor, um, the staff director at the Commission on Civil Rights. Um, and she ended up hanging up on me. Um, she thought I was demanding things and that I was yelling. And I reminded her that I'm hard of hearing. Um, and I had to be on speakerphone. And, um, but it didn't matter. When veterans like myself begin to ask for the dignity that, that, we, are, that we deserve and that we are afforded, um, thankfully, in uh, federal law, we get shut down. Our lives are often used as tokens or um, they're, they're used transactionally to kind of gain political points. But when we, we ask for our lives to have the same dignity that they deserve and that um, off, sometimes is protected in, in law, we don't always get it. And so Martin lived his life both polit politically and spiritually active. Um, and the, uh, as a hospitaler, hospitaler of St. Martin, I, I also seek to live a life that is spiritually mature and politically engaged, and I invite others to do so as well. Um, if you're listening to this and want to do something about civil rights, um, you can go to usccr.gov and find their phone number there and ask, ask them. Call them up and ask why they've excluded veterans from their hate crimes report. Um, and why they find it appropriate to hang up on veterans um, such as myself and to exclude 4.8 million military um, family members and service members from uh, this important work of, pro of finding, prosecuting, and collecting information on uh, hate crimes. I'll leave you with that. Um, if you have any questions or if the hate crimes and civil rights stuff interests you, go to gijustice.com where you can learn more. I don't have anything up about USCCR just yet, but I will hopefully within a couple of days. A prayer for sound government from the Book of Common Prayer. O Lord, our governor, bless the leaders of our land that we may be a people at peace among ourselves and a blessing to other nations of the earth. Teach our people to rely on your strength and to accept their responsibilities to their fellow citizens, that they may elect trustworthy leaders and make wise decisions for the well-being of our society, that we may serve you faithfully in our generation and honor your holy name. 
For yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where PPUHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.